Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Uh, I hope you all are doing well. Uh, just a reminder that we actually do have merchandise now. Uh, if you go to lioncookthoughts.com, you can get the official Lion Cook Nation mask or shirt. That's lioncookthoughts.com. You'll get a mask that says Lion Cook Nation, shirts that's a Lion Cook Nation, and also wrap Lion Cook Thoughts on the back. Uh, we really mean a ton. Um, if you're able to, go ahead and grab one of those. I mean, it's really cool to see the community we've grown and just wanted to have something for you all to wear and kind of represent uh, this community of people who love food and kind of what it stands for and what it means to be in the Lion Cook Nation. A uh, really great interview today. My guest is Chef Taffy Arad. She is a professional chef, cooking instructor, recipe developer, food writer, and former restaurant owner with over 20 years of experience in the food industry. Born into a family of artists and cooks in Ann Arbor, Michigan, she learned early on that food was a powerful medium for creation and change. She cooks and develops recipes in New York's Hudson Valley, where she lives with her husband, Pizza Man, and their rescue cat, Kit Kat. Uh, very great conversation today. We talk a lot about her career, um, kind of, you know, the struggle it has been to be a restaurant owner during a pandemic, and also just some very interesting topics in terms of what's relevant to the consumer nowadays. Uh, where is food headed? Why do people leave the? Why do people leave restaurants in pursuit of other careers? So, really, really excited for this. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. It means a ton. And here we go. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. If you just want to introduce yourself to the audience, that'd be great. Sure. Um, my name is Taffy. I'm Chef Taffy Elrod. I'm a chef, a cooking instructor, a recipe developer. I am in uh, the Hudson Valley in New York, about 70 miles north of New York City. Okay. Awesome. I, didn't, I actually didn't know you were in the Hudson Valley. Well, that's kind of cool because obviously I went to school at, at the CIA, so... Um, yeah, we're neighbors. Uh, kind yeah. Of. <laughs> awesome. Hudson Valley is a great place, especially this time of year. Yeah, yeah. It's been interesting. We relocated, my husband and I relocated here about uh, five years ago from the city. Uh, we opened a pizzeria. I'm actually, I'm on the west side of the river, but we're actually only about a uh, 20-minute drive from the Culinary Institute. So. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to just start out. I'd like to ask, you know, well, kind of what it was like for you growing up in terms of food and kind of what food you grew up on and if there was any special like dish that you kind of carried throughout your childhood into adulthood? Mm, that's a interesting question. So I grew up, I grew up in Michigan, in uh, southeastern Michigan in Ann Arbor. Okay. And I grew up with a pretty unusual um, food and like call you know food household and probably just an unusual household uh, for the midwest for sure so um my maternal grandmother was uh you know sort of the head of our household when i was growing up and she was 
very much into uh, natural foods movement. Uh, you know, we were, so we were vegetarian. We ate a lot of brown rice. We ate a lot of millet. Um, and then she had her sort of classic Midwestern dishes that she had made into, you know, kind of made over into health food. Uh, so it, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to pin it down. And then my, my, on my paternal side, my dad's folks were from down South, um, you know, so I had that influence, but it wasn't as overt as my grandmother's cooking, obviously. Um, and so, and then my other, my maternal grandfather, his family came from Italy. Uh, so it was pretty unique and pretty diverse, but also not the typical. So I haven't brought a lot of it into my my current life. Although during the pandemic, I have suddenly had these sort of funny, you know, comfort food cravings for things I haven't had in a long time. Uh, Like, like millet, I started, you know, like suddenly I was craving my grandmother's, you know, millet and things like that. Um, But I think what I can say that I've, I've cooked a lot of different food over the years. I've always been really curious. I've tried to learn everything I could, um, you know, from everybody I could. I think what I really brought with me from my childhood, and my father cooks professionally, my mom uh, was a pastry chef and a cake decorator, my grandmother did some professional baking, um, was the sense that food is very, um, I don't, you know, like that you can you can work with it and you can create with it and you can make change with it. And, you know, you can decide to create with it in ways that are really powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so, you know, in my family, there were food allergies and, you know, different things. So obviously, you know, I learned growing up to cook without meat, for instance, um, or, you know, without dairy because there was dairy allergies in our household. Um, yeah. And that, you know, that comfort food and traditional food was also malleable. It could be changed. Uh, and so I've always, one of my specialties is cooking for, uh, you know, people who have special dietary restrictions or, you know, special dietary needs. And that good food is is good food. And if you start from the ground up with good ingredients and good intentions, you can really make something wonderful. Um, And it can have the power to change somebody's life if they need to eat in a different way, you know, for their health than they've been eating. Um, You know, when somebody discovers that they have a food allergy, you know, and they now have to change their direction. So that's kind of a long answer, but I guess that's, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's a really interesting view of, the industry because I think for most chefs and most people who cook, um, you kind of see everything is fair game in terms of what you can go learn, what you can create. But, you know, there are obviously are people with dietary restrictions, um, people with allergies. So I think it's very awesome that you're like very conscious about that. I don't think many cooks are as conscious about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, cooking without dietary restrictions is more fun. (laughs) I can't lie, but you know, but it's great to be able to nourish someone, uh, you know, and meet their needs. It's like really satisfying when it's, you know, when somebody can take a deep breath and know that they're going to 
be able to safely eat a meal. That's a big deal, you know? So it's, it's very, it's very satisfying and uh, gratifying, I guess I should say. Well, that's good to know. That's good to hear. Um, so I guess when did you really like start getting into the industry? Um, well, so I did do a little bit of work here and there with my, you know, with my parents when I was coming up, uh, you know, I, I sold pizza by the slice in the summers, you know, at the place where my dad worked. <laughs> and, uh, I used to do, um, my mom would deliver, you know, she'd make wedding cakes and deliver wedding cakes. And I would work with her and go with her to just set up wedding cakes, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. and, and my grandmother worked in a bakery and I would go after school and sit behind the counter with her. Um, so, but I personally started really deciding to cook professionally, um, in my early twenties, I was probably, actually, I was probably about 2021. 20, okay. And was there like a single, I guess, moment that made you decide that or? No, it was, you know, it was all these things sort of culminating. I, I guess I was so surrounded by food. I always, I loved food. I loved cooking. I was collecting cookbooks. I bought my first cookbook for myself at the Scholastic Book Sale in fourth grade when I was nine years old. Uh, yeah, two of them. Um, you know, but I, I somehow, I guess because I was, it was sort of like I was, you know, a fish in water. Like I was so, it was so much a part of my life. I ne wasn't necessarily thinking about it as a career. Um, and I, you know, I saw how hard my parents worked, how thankless it could be, you know, if I'm being honest. Um, and I think I just didn't s see myself in that way, but I loved food writing. I loved cookbooks. I, you know, I loved learning about food. I loved the anthropology and the history of it. And at some point I realized that, you know, maybe that was actually <laughs> where I belonged um, as opposed to just, you know, what I was doing at home in my free time, because I was spending all my time on it anyway. So. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> you know, you're really interested in all those different things and then you're just kind of like, Oh yeah. I'm like really interested in doing this maybe as a career. Uh, I kind of had yeah. a similar way and I guess in terms of I loved cooking I love food and then all of a sudden like I it, like dawned on me in high school I was like wait I could maybe do this for a career um so I mean definitely understand where you're coming from there and so walk me through kind of what your career has been like in food uh, from when you got in into it to up until recently Sure. Um, I think it's been just as eclectic <laughs> as everything else in my life. I didn't really have like, you know, one clear trajectory. I started, so I wasn't working, you know, like a typical kind of young person. I had been working in retail mm -hmm. and, um, you know, doing sort of that kind of work. So I, I realized I wanted to be more serious about cooking. So I sort of segued from a retail management position into a food management position like it was semi-retail it was a, a tea shop in a bookstore uh so i you know I, I started managing that tea shop and then i moved into um in a grocery store like a food demonstration position they had their own they were called the meal solution team <laughs> it was it was like this local <laughs> kind of high-end grocery store in my you know and high service grocery store in my hometown um, so I went sort of this funny route from retail to food, but of course, you know, again, I had been exposed to, uh, food work through my family. So I kind of had, you know, an idea yeah. of what the kitchen was or what the work was. Um, and then I, so it took me quite a while to be able to go to cooking school and I was, 
like a lot of people probably from, you know, from the Midwest, I thought I was going to go to Chicago and go to a cooking school in Chicago. And I was researching and um, I ended up visiting New York City with a friend just for sort of a vacation. And I loved it. And I didn't want to leave. <laughs> and I knew that you know, I, I had to go back. Um, and but it took me, boy, I don't know, you know, two or three years to be able to get to the point that I could afford to go to cooking school that I could afford to move back to New York. Um, you know, there was a couple trips, failed trips in there. Um, and I started, so, you know, because I actually had to just, I worked seven days a week. I did the, I worked as a, I took a job as a receptionist in a software company and I worked on the weekends at the grocery store Okay, and just say, and stayed at my dad's and just saved every penny I could. Um, to be, you know, and, and I actually paid my, for my cooking school, I couldn't get a loan. <laughs> so I paid uh, like on time, I paid half of it before I got to New York and paid the other half while I was in school. Uh, my dad did help me with that. But you know, I had to do most of the saving on my own. So um, it took me quite a while. But you know, but the good thing was I got out of cooking school without any loans. Um, which was good because I was living, you know, in New York City single. And <laughs> so but but I was by the time I, it took me till I was 26 to actually get into cooking school. So I was a late bloomer in that regard. Um, and then I just, you know, of course, like a lot of women in industry, I also did a lot of front of house work. So, you know, I had management experience. So I was like floor managing and, um, and cooking and, and doing pastry. Cause you always end up, you mm-hmm. know, getting pushed into pastry and garde manger, uh, not that I have anything against those, but, you know, it's just sort of an, I mean, and again, you know, this was 20 years ago. So, you know, in the industry, uh, as a woman in the industry, it was like, you know, garde manger, you, you do pastry, right? You know, so, yeah. um, <laughs> and I did, but, but I also, a lot of the issues that are coming up, you know, open now around the problems in a lot of kitchens, you know, I was dealing with and I was really uncomfortable with. So I started to look for different ways, um, you know, to be in the industry. And I, so I did private cooking, um, and I did teaching, which I love. I love teaching. And I was working on a nutrition study at Columbia university and I was doing private cooking. Um, and from there, I really just, I did, I did so many different things. So I've, you know, I've cooked in cafes and I've cooked in, uh, you know, like delis and run the kitchen for those kind of places. And I've cooked in residence homes and I've taught all over. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've done restaurant cooking, but honestly, the bulk of the restaurant cooking I did was when my husband and I opened our own restaurant, you know, six years, five years ago. So um, that obviously is a whole nother level of being in a restaurant when you're you're running it yourself. Um, So, yeah. And, you know, and he makes pizza. So we opened a pizzeria and um, pizzeria family restaurant here. Uh, I probably have left a lot out, but I'll be honest with you, it's it's been a long time. <laughs> but I was, you know, I never had that sort of pivotal, you know, moment where I was, uh, you know, on this staff or that staff, and I got this award or accolade. You know, that didn't that wasn't how my career has gone. Um, I've worked, you know, I've definitely been a day to day behind the scenes, um, you know. <laughs> kind of person. I before we opened the restaurant, I taught for two years at a not-for-profit in New York City as a full-time instructor. 
um, for professional cooking, teaching uh, vets and folks, you know, uh, transitioning um, out of substance abuse and what, you know, incarceration, professional cooking. It's it's a great program that I loved. um, And uh, it's um, through Project Renewal in Manhattan. They're in the Bowery. Uh, and I loved that. I loved that job. And the only thing, the only thing that made me leave it was uh, opening our own place. So that's good to hear. Um, I want to go back. To, I want to get to that, but I want to go back to kind of something you said that really stuck with me. Um, kind of you leaving the kitchen because you weren't uncomfortable, or you just did it. What didn't feel right for you to be in a kitchen due to the times and kind of how people acted? Uh, and I made um, me think, like, how many people like. And even today, like it might not be just like how you were treated, but how many people leave a kitchen due to due to a poor leader, a poor manager? Um, I thought it was very interesting that you kind of like forged your own path due to that. Yeah, you know, I guess in a sense, you know, it was really the overall culture, and it was a, a it wasn't always you know super negative. It wasn't always. Um, you know, malicious, but it was always incredibly dismissive. You know, you, you, I don't want to hear from you. You, you know, you, you're not a person of value in this kitchen. Uh, you know, you're here to do the minimum. You're here for the drudge. You know, you're not going to make it on the line. Nobody, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. It wasn't everybody. I've also had some interactions. Obviously I stayed, you know, I, I had interactions along the way, with chefs and mentors who were the exact opposite of that. And, you know, I think decided to be better than that and be a lot better, you know, who knew, who looked at somebody like me and said, you know what, this person needs a little extra, um, you know, attention or care because most of the time they're not going to (laughs) be given the same, you know, the same encouragement, the same, uh, you know, opportunities. So, I mean, obviously, there's people all across the board, but in in general, it was just that feeling like, you know what, we don't need you here. We're not, you know, we're not necessarily welcoming you here. If you're here, you know, it's only like you're lucky. You're going to have to work harder than everybody else. You're going to have to, you know, come in earlier, stay later, but it's still not going to get you to where, you know, to where you want to be. I mean, I've had you know, it's like the little things like a chef belching in your face in the morning after they are hung out, hung over because they've been out, you know, <laughs> eating and drinking all night. And, you know, and they have that's, that's how yeah, much respect gross. they have for you, you know, and um, those like sometimes it's those yeah. I guess they call them microaggressions, you know, those little things. It's not always the overt things. It's not always the big things. I've had some big things, too. I've had some people say some pretty not nice things or things that were just really awkwardly uncomfortable that, you know, if you, if you called it out, it's like, well, you know, why are you so sensitive? What's wrong with you? Um, you know, and things like that. And of course, always there was, yeah. I don't know, you know, the culture of the kitchen, always the culture of the kitchen was there. Um, and again, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, I think different than what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, definitely with talking to cooks, a lot of cooks leave because of the situations they're in, the uh, food scenes they're in are just not what they thought it would be. Um, but then again, you get people like yourself who just forge their own path. Um, so I just thought it was interesting, and thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, sure, absolutely. Also, want to get into kind of your 
you know, you've mentioned teaching in the beginning, uh, and you mentioned that it was a job years again. Why is it so important to you? I, I see you on the Instagram lives. I've watched a couple of them. I think they're awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, of course. What is it, what is it with teaching that you enjoy the most? Well, I think I love to cook, and I guess I guess I'm a people person. I guess, <laughs> um, and I have spent so much time in my life sort of absorbing this knowledge, and I love to see, you know, I love to see other people take it on, um, and I think cooking. You know, it's it's not just professional cooks who cook. Everybody cooks. Everybody eats. Everybody eats every day, I would hope. You know, we hope. So sometimes you see a light bulb for somebody. Sometimes you see, you know, a life-changing moment for somebody that they have become empowered in some way around their food or cooking. And to me, I guess that's sort of what I live for. You know, I want to see the parent who doesn't have the nerves to cook dinner for their kids at the end of the day. Mm. you know, feel, and maybe that's personal. Cause you know what? My mom, as much as she was a great pastry chef, she hated to cook. Her food was terrible. <laughs> Sorry, mom, but she knows she'll tell you herself. So, you know, and <laughs> so my brother, that's one of the reasons I started cooking, you know, I started cooking for me and my brother. Cause you know, mom burnt everything. So I think, you know, it's those little things that when people feel, empowered around food to cook for themselves that they don't have to go to the McDonald's drive through tonight, uh, you know, or wherever it may be, um, or that they're going to spend that time with their family or, or for themselves. I was single and alone in New York city for a long time. Uh, you know, and when I was on a shoestring budget, being able to cook for myself with the bare minimum, uh, you know, an onion and a can of tuna, guess what? That made a big difference in my quality of life. You know, because that was what I, because I could work with what I had, because I had a knife, because I knew, you know, something to do. Um, and that for me is really, food is is our, you know, it's, it's the fabric of our daily lives. Um, I think it's, I think it's a, a human right. I think it's a civil right. You know, I think it's so important and uh, people should feel that they, even if they don't love cooking, they should feel that they can cook. Um, so, you know, that's what, that's, I guess, where I can, I just love it. And I, and I love seeing people who want to do it professionally. You know, I, I love to see that when it sort of clicks, that they feel like they have gotten something, that they feel that they have this launch pad that they can take off from there. Oh, okay. I think I, I think I got something here. And now, you know, one of my favorite things to do with my students was, um, I started just doing on Friday, we would sort of have a free day and I would let them have a cooking challenge <laughs> and I would let them take the, you know, whatever ingredients we had left after the week. And, um, we, you know, we'd come up with some challenge. You got to use these two ingredients or you've got to make this dish. And I would just let them, you know, go that th so much learning came out of that for all of us. Sometimes they'd make something that I thought was going to be an utter disaster and it wouldn't be. And I, I think, wow, I didn't think that was going to work. <laughs> you know, it taught me to, to continue to think outside of the box. And, um, and they learned so much from those times and they had fun. And, you know, I remember making a chocolate eclairs and I walked out of the kitchen to do something and I came back and I mean, my students, you know, were adults. They were from 18 to anywhere from 18 to 65 and, you know, they're covered from head to toe in chocolate, but they were having the time of their lives. You know I mean? It was like, they were just 
they were just having so much fun. And I, it made me so happy. I thought, you know, this is important too. This is a professional, you know, cooking program and we're serious, but they, they deserve to have this fun too. And this, they're not going to forget this, you know, this is going to make them feel good about their time in the kitchen. So yeah, um, yeah, that's good. I mean, you, like you said, there is something very empowering to be able to just be like, all right, I low on cash. Um, I'm hungry. I have this in my apartment. I can do something with it rather than go and spend money on food that's pre-prepared and then you don't got to go out. And I think especially now, you know, you've seen, I mean, you see the, you know, sourdough is the craze in April mm-hmm. and May. Um, pickling was the craze. Then I mean, it's still pretty popular now. Um, but all that is because, you know, there is a lack for a lot of people on how to cook and, you know, you get a once in a lifetime situation like we're in and you realize that like fending for yourself is something that you need to be able to do. And so, you know, I think, with you teaching and even like even the Instagram lives, like I think all those things add up to just helping a tremendous amount of people. So this is very cool to see. Um, would love to hear more now about kind of the restaurant uh, you that you and your husband started and kind of what that journey was like of being a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, it's it was interesting in a lot of ways. Obviously, anybody who's ever opened uh, their own restaurant knows that you know. I guess it's kind of like having a first child. I mean, we don't have children, but I think, you know, I think, I think it may be a comparison to having your first child. Like you really have no idea (laughs) what you're getting into until, you know, you're doing it. I mean, we worked and, you know, I worked in restaurants. We worked, we, he had been in, you know, so many pizzerias, but we knew a lot. And, and that's important. First of all, if you're going to open a place, you need to know a lot, but no matter what we knew, you know, nothing prepared us for really being just suddenly in, you know, over our heads with this. And and we had a small operation, you know, and we weren't, we didn't, it was just the two of us and we didn't take loans or anything like that. You know, we just found a turnkey place. Um, That's how we ended up up here. But it was, it's just, you go at this breakneck speed. Once you start, you know, it's like a boulder. There's no stopping it. It just picks up speed and picks up speed and you just have to keep up. So um, it was really, it it was, and then we also, we, you know, we picked up, we were in the city, we came up here. So it was like, we were in a new place. We didn't know anybody. We didn't know what was going on, you know? Um, and we just, we just rolled with it, but we actually, we did, you know, we, we did well for a restaurant, <laughs> you know, and for a small independent restaurant, for a family restaurant. And I mean, honestly, most of the credit for that goes to, uh, my husband, he's, I affectionately refer to him as pizza man. Um, and he, he's really, he makes really good pizza. He really knows what he's doing, you know, and he really created a product that our customers really responded to. Um, once they got used to, you know, you start presence, we, cause we ended up in a small town where everybody knew everybody. And, um, you know, we were really fish out of water. <laughs> so um, you know, and I cooked, I mean, don't get me wrong. I cooked, I did, you know, and I, I did the sort of the back end too. I did the bookkeeping and things like that, but um, you know, we kept it really, but that's where, and that strength came in. So we kept the menu as sort of as streamlined as we could, you know, and tried to use the same ingredients in multiple ways. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's how you do it in a business like that. Um, we did all the prep work ourselves. So, you know, we prepped our vegetables, we prepped our meats, we did that ourselves. Um, 
you know, we didn't buy pre-made things <laughs> that, you know, they, they cost money and the pro and you don't have a lot of uh, control over the quality, but the, the work we did took time, um, you know, and it's tiring. So prepping a couple 40 pound cases of chicken when it's you by yourself really isn't a joke. Um, you know, but we didn't advertise and we didn't put ourselves because we didn't have a lot of help. We didn't put ourselves over that barrel. We just went slow. Um, it was hard because in the beginning that meant there wasn't much money coming in, you know, but um, we just, we, and we, we advertised locally in the sense that, you know, we would, we would um, take out an advertisement in the high school, you know, flyer for the high school play. Uh, we were in the church bulletin, you know, things like that um, because it's a, it's a small close knit community advertising outside of it wasn't necessarily going to be that effective, but also we didn't want, you know, we didn't need a hundred calls in, you know, in a weekend based off of some coupon or some flyer. We didn't, that kind of business was not going to work for us, our situation. Um, so, and, and we just, we just did everything and we just worked, you know, I mean, that's a restaurant. People have a lot of ideas about restaurants. If you like to work, 18, 20 hours a day, you know, and every day we worked seven, we were there seven days a week. Um, we, I think it was in the last year that we started closing one day a week. Uh, you know, we were there seven days a week. Uh, my husband especially was there. He'd go in early, make his dough, make his sauce, shred the cheese. You know, he'd be there at the end of the night mopping up. I'd have already gone home sometimes, you know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it just, you you just live it. That's what you live. I mean, we joked because I mean, we spent more time in the restaurant than our apartment by far. You know, I hardly knew where anything was in the apartment. We just would stumble in the door, go to sleep for a few hours, get up, go back to the pizzeria. We ate our meals there. You know, we li we lived our life there for five years. Um, and unfortunately, you know, this year, um, my husband got stuck in Europe. Um, we, you know, the pandemic it wasn't, it wasn't just the pandemic, but, you know, unfortunately, we uh, a series of unfortunate events, we, you know, had to close. Um, I was, I had to close up. Otherwise, we were doing well, uh, you know, in the business, we were hoping to be able to sort of, to change it up and make it a little bit more what we were comfortable with, you know, and, and focus more on his uh, specialty pizza and things like that. Um you know, that's not what happened. I don't know what the future will hold. Everybody, you know, so many people are um, dealing with this right now. So we're not, you know, we're by no means are we special, uh, but it has been, but it was weird. It was really strange to have it ripped out from under us when, you know, in a totally different way than we ever would have imagined. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm sorry to hear it. Uh, yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, that's, as odd as to say, that's kind of how I, you know, first found out about you was I, someone shared your post or your account or something. And that's kind of, you know, was following the story ever mm. since, but, um, yeah, it is, it, it, it was tough. It, I mean, it was tough to like, it, I couldn't imagine, you know, I've managed restaurants. I've worked in restaurants. You, as you probably know, I'm like only 23. So I never really <laughs> have like run my own business yet. Um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine like putting all that effort in and then, just have, you know, something that no one could really control like this come out of nowhere. You know, you, th you kind of think of all the ways that things could go wrong and you're prepared for them and then you have a pandemic. And so, I mean, obviously it's tough, but I have been really inspired by the way you, you know, continued carry on in the food industry and everything you've done. Um, so you just want to share that. It's been really cool to watch you, you know, make the most of kind of 
this bad situation. Well, thank you. And I mean, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes I'm not making the most. Sometimes I'm, you know, like <laughs> at home just drinking a whole <laughs> pot of coffee and, you know, just <laughs> gnashing my teeth. I just, hey, that's okay too. You know, I mean, because let's be real. It's, you know, everybody is right now, I I think. Um, but thank you. I mean, yeah. it's also, that's also very much a part of the industry, right? Is to roll with the punches. Um, you never know, you know, what tomorrow may hold. Uh, you just have to, go with it. I, this has given me the opportunity to do some of the things, you know, like the Instagram lives and uh, I've been working, doing recipe development. I've been really lucky and really thankful to have some um, clients and friends to, you know, to do work for. Uh, So for now, because I mean, really thankful because I'm home, I can do it from home, you know? So we, I don't know because I don't know. I don't know what the industry, I just don't know. You know, it's been hard sometimes. It was really hard to not be in the restaurant um, and not be feeding people when people needed it the most also. Um, you know, that was a struggle too. But, uh, but you know, again, we've been cooking for a long time, you know, so this was this was a part of it, a part of our journey. Um, mm-hmm. There may be another pizzeria, there may be another restaurant, but, you know, you, you also... You just have to, you just have to go with things that where they, for what they are. And um, as everybody says now, you just have to pivot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, pivot's like the new word to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally understand. And I understand the days, like you said, where you're just like kind of at home wondering. Like, I don't know, like for me, like my whole life changed. Like my living situation, uh, job, everything, everything changed. Um, and, you know, I, not, in, not in a way that it's like, I'm not like, upset about it. I guess there's certain things I miss, but like, you know, I'm healthy and I'm with family. So like, I'm not like, Oh, how, why did this happen to me? But things did change. And like, you, like you said, you, for me, like I find myself sometimes sitting here, like this is like totally not what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is totally like, I, I like to play a game of like looking back a year from where I was and like throughout my life, it's been kind of consistent. All right. I was there. I kind of went into this, that's fine. And then I, th- I look back to like memories on Instagram or Facebook from like last October when I had moved to Chicago and I'm like, yeah, this is totally not, I did not see this coming. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, they like to the Instagram and Facebook and the, even my, you know, my phone, these pictures just pop up like, here's what you were doing a year ago. You know, here's what you were doing. Like, thanks for the reminder. You know, you could probably not do that right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, I guess, <laughs> That yeah. it, you know, at the end of the day, that's what life is, right? It's just the unexpected and, and learning to just go with it day in and day out. Because boy, oh boy, the longer you live, the more unexpected things become. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I would like to like get your perspective on, so, so I know you're doing recipe development now. Uh, I know you have been writing um, IG Lives and really getting into food media. Uh, were you surprised at all at how much, I mean, it seems like you're enjoying it. Were you surprised to like really enjoy food media? Is this kind of a new thing you can go after? Like, what is your perspective in terms of what you want to do in the future? Is it still more so in restaurants? Is it kind of more so this contractual like work that I mean I'm really a fan of? Um, what is your perspective on it all? Well, I always was a huge consumer of food media, and I always had an interest in being a part of it. Um, it was something that I I actually did my when I was in cooking school, I actually did an internship, my internship at um, Hearst Corporation and Test Kitchens there. Um, so I always had that, you know, interest and that idea. It it was another thing that was a little bit 
hard to find a way in coming from where I was coming from. Um, you know, I wasn't a part of the part of the culture here, maybe. Um, but so so this has been kind of a funny segue, but also maybe in a sense, something that I had always you know, been looking for. So it's been kind of bittersweet. I mean, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the future will hold, but I definitely, I love de- recipe development. Um, and I like writing and I have, I think I have a lot to say that I haven't really f- exactly found the way I want to say it yet. Um, and I, and I love teaching. So I think it's a natural thing for me. And, uh, you know, I'm getting o- older. I don't know, you know, I don't know how many more, I hate to say it, it sounds so bad, but I don't know how many more years I have in me of like literally just working, you know, on my feet 12 hours a day. Although apparently I like it better than sitting down because since I've been home, it's like funny, I can't stand it anymore just being in a chair. I'm like, I just need to stand up. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to get out of bed just to sit down. This is ridiculous. So, um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so I love cooking still, but I think I would like my cooking to be more uh, integrated into this broader picture of being able to teach and being able to write and, um, you know, and share, share. I'm just a, you know, I'm an outgoing person. I, I would love to be able to continue to share my passion with food, um, you know, with as many people as possible. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you've seen me share before the kind of, I guess the thing that I'm living by right now is my career is in food, not cooking. Um, you know, it's tough. You know, I'm at a different end of or different part of my, of my career where, you know, I'm just kind of starting out and I run this yeah. food media page about cooking and, you know, realizing that I'm really interested in food business and like consumer marketing and kind of the integration of food into the everyday life of people. Like, you know, like I would love to work in a pizzeria, just to let you know, I'm so interested <laughs> in what like not average in a negative way, but what the average person eats and they're consuming and what they want. And like pizza for me, like is something that like everyone can relate to. Not many people can relate to a Michelin starred restaurant. Everyone can <laughs> relate to pizza. And like at the end of the day, it's like, I'd rather now have a piece of pizza rather than a lot of, you know, just going out to eat with COVID and everything. I mean, it's it, for me, that's kind of been the go to and I want to treat myself. So um, I don't know like what your thoughts are on that, but like for me, I've just, I've been really interested in why do people buy Doritos over Oreos? You know, why, how in a pandemic where, we're, you know, food has, where, you know, still cooking has been so prevalent, people are really leaning back on these brands that are nostalgic and like they know they love. What are your thoughts on kind of that take in terms of what people are eating nowadays? What have you noticed? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I, I was just having a conversation with somebody um, who I'm working with uh, on a project, a food media project today about this. Uh, and, you know, I have, especially being in the pizzeria um, over the last few years, but my whole career, you know, I've always been, I've been in people's homes, I've been in grocery stores, I've been in um institutions, you know, residences uh, for folks, I have a really strong sense of what people are eating, um, what they're eating, you know, when they're home alone, what they're eating, mm. when they want to celebrate and they want to treat themselves, you know, and what they're cooking and what they're not cooking. Um, and it's, it's really, it's, it's really interesting. And it's a lot of times not what you would expect. Pizza, obviously, definitely is, you know, up high on the list, whether they're buying it frozen, whether they're ordering it out, whatever it may be. You know, obviously, pizza is one of the most consumed uh, prepared foods in the country. 
um, you know, we had yeah. sort of a, a niche, you know, we made specialty pies that were a little different than the, our competitors, um, you know, and so people would a lot of times come to us on special occasions, holidays, you know, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving were, you know, our biz, two of our very busiest days. Um, and so absolutely it's, it's intriguing and, um, but I think also, you know, I mean, it's funny because right now I don't necessarily know everything people are eating the way I did in the restaurant. Uh, but, you know, I think people have, sh they've shifted to mm -hmm. wanting comfort more, maybe, and not, you know, also wanting um, to be food that's really functional, you know, because they, they're dealing with the reality of food day in and day out in the way that maybe our grandparents did, but we haven't. Um, and, you know, I'm all for fine dining. It has its place and it's something aspirational and it, you know, it's something, it's art, it's, it's beautiful, but it, let's face it, it doesn't touch most people's lives ever. You know, mm -hmm. there are people who are going to live their entire lives without ever, you know, ever even seeing into um, that sort of restaurant or that sort of, you know, dining experience. And so, and, it, and obviously it's been incredibly elitist by, you know, by definition. And so, yeah, I mean, if it disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow, it wouldn't change a lot about most people's lives. Um, whereas, you know what, if the neighborhood pizzeria or Chinese takeaway, uh, you know, or, or whatever it may be, the deli, I mean, honestly, here, we have, there's this huge, um, industry around auto auctions and, and cars. And, you know, I mean, like, so the truth of the matter is people are eating a lot of their meals at gas stations and truck stops. And, um, you know, so you can look at it however you want to look yeah. at it. You can look down your nose at it. You can think it's, you know, it's not healthy. You can think a lot of things and you maybe you're right. I don't know, but you know, but it's, but it's reality and it's still reality because let's face it now, <laughs> a lot of restaurants are closed. Those gas stations, um, you know, and drive throughs that are still there are now making more food for more people than they were before. So, you know, it's, it's the reality and that's, yep. I'm more interested in the reality than, you know, than in, than in what we wish could be. So, and again, you know, I've, I've had some great experiences working um, with chefs from fine dining and, you know, and, and things I've learned and things I've eaten and it's amazing it's wonderful, but it, you know, it doesn't shape our daily lives unless that's, unless that's literally what you're doing for a living. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, you know, I just think, I think the way the restaurant industry goes in the next few years is really like the foundational food that we all, that people really need, you know? So I yeah, yeah. am interested to see what kind of happens. Um, and even just like what brands, you know, I feel like a lot of times cooks or people like chefs, people who cook food for a living, we kind of get, like look away from packaged food. Uh, we don't really like pay attention to it enough. I know I didn't for a while, um, but there's a lot of there is a lot of money and there is a lot of attention still in a chip or a cookie. Like, and it, there's people, there's entrepreneurs in food who are making their own like organic or small batch like cookie, and those things are making it into people's houses right now during the pandemic. So. Um, that's like really, really interests me. It's like not even like just restaurant cooking, but just all the food. Like what are, what are people consuming? What are they interested in? So it's definitely an interesting time right now. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. It's interesting to see what 
people are doing. It'll be interesting to see what people continue to do and how this changes people, um, you know, the way they eat and the way they interact with food. I would imagine there'll, you know, there'll be some changes that will stick, you know, some things will be permanent. And um, some of the ways that restaurants, the restaurants who are going to make it, you know, some things will stick and people will want them to stay, even if, you know, even if hopefully, ideally, you know, we get back to normal life. So um, absolutely. And I mean, there is no, you know, the, the packaged and prepared foods there, you really couldn't begin to, you know, imagine, I mean, if you think, if you just think about stepping to a grocery store and what percentage of the food in that store is prepared, is packaged, is, you know, is already um, prepared in some way. I mean, let's face it, that's what, 90% of the food in there. And, and that's what people, and then, and then there's the online sales. And, you know, if, it's always about, can you build a better, you know, can you build a better version? So if you have um, a prepared, you know, now, so if it's paleo or it's keto or it's vegan or it's gluten-free or whatever it is, you know, you, you are going to get attention or you're going to, you know, if you, if you have a good product, uh, you know, obviously, but, um, and you have some good marketing, you're going to snag a share of that market in a different way um, than if you're if you're just Hydrox trying to compete with Oreo. Good luck to you. You know what I mean? But if you are, um, you know, I don't know, Amy's and you've got an organic Oreo and it's uh, plant based and it's gluten free. Well, you, you know, you might be onto something there right now in this current market. It may change down the road, but so, you know, I mean, that's, cause that's the other thing. It's constant, this constant keeping up with trends, constant keeping up with trends. You know, I mean, there's always this need for, um, and, and there's always a need for that in the sense that people want novelty. They want to change. They want something new. Um, and then there's the fact that, you know, the industry just has to keep up with these constant changes. So yeah. it's, it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. That's for sure. Awesome. Well, you know, thank you for sharing all that. Um, you know, it's been great, you know, chatting and kind of going over this, kind of learning about your career and whatnot. Um, where can people find you on social media? If you were to point them to your Instagram, if you have Facebook, I don't know. Uh, I know I follow you on Instagram and Twitter. So if, we're, <laughs> if you want to just drop your uh, Instagram, that would be the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Chef Taffy Elrod on Instagram, um, and I think it's the same Chef Taffy Elrod on Twitter. Um, I and I do have a website. It's uh, cheftaffyelrod.com. Um, so pretty much just Chef Taffy Elrod. I think on Facebook too. All right. Awesome. And if they're so like with your lessons or recipe development, they can find that through the website, or they could just message you online. Or what would you prefer? Yeah, sure. And you know what? You can always. Um, go to my website and you can, you can message me. You, if you can email me through my emails on my website, um, but also you can message me through Instagram and Twitter. I don't, so far my DMS are still open so far. I haven't had to, <laughs> I haven't had to shut them down yet. So yeah. Awesome. That sounds good. Great. Well, I end all of my interviews the same way. Um, now that you've been on the podcast, you're part of the Line Cook Nation, this group of chefs, cooks, people in the food industry who are all interested in learning more about each other and learning more about the food industry. What does it mean for you to be a part of this online community? Well, I, 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 for me, it feels like I'm relevant, (laughs) but also it feels like, you know what? I really, um, I appreciate what you're doing and I love that you're 
um, you know, that you're out there uh, exploring and making contact. And I love that you're giving a voice to a lot of cooks who never get heard the real, you know, the, the real lifeblood of the kitchen, the cooks who aren't going to be on the cover of, you know, a major magazine tomorrow. Um, so for me, I, you know, just feels like I'm, I am still a part of this, this kitchen culture. Uh, so, and I, I appreciate it. And I can, and I can't wait to see what else you do because you do have a long career ahead of you and I'm sure it's going to take a lot of different uh, avenues. Well, thank you. Um, I hope it does. I hope it's long and I hope it, uh, it turns out okay. Um, but yeah, no, that's the goal of this, um, to highlight everyone in the industry and to kind of just, you know, talk about food and get everyone's perspective. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, and yeah, it's been a real, real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. So there you have it, the interview with Chef Taffy Arad. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Please go visit linecookthoughts.com to get some official merchandise for the podcast, and I will see you on next week's episode.